Thank you for listening to the ESBC podcast for the purpose of the podcast is to make me money. We're not hypocrites and saying it's for the people like Zayed from American Pharaoh and now he's broke. Because it wasn't for the people. He was being hypocritical. But we, what we do have for the people is we take games, do some business and financial concepts and decisions, science. So you make money. All right? And then we got two people here who've made me a lot of money. Uh, you have... Uh, Dr. Bannister from the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, the PhD. Thanks for uh, coming on. Thank you. It's um, I know it's technically the second week um, of college football, but it just feels a little different. You know, there's going to be some big, you know, conference games. Maybe not the um, you know, most exciting, but we're going to see some ACC games. We're going to see some interesting non-conference matchups, um, and you know, just just excited to get into college football and you know first week went up went with went off without a hitch uh didn't hear anything covid related actually everything we've heard has been absolutely um perfect so you know knock on wood hopefully we keep that rolling and uh we continue to make money here uh you know college football it's kind of what we do here absolutely and another person who's on a ridiculous role um for me anyways is she's 15 and one um the best that I've used from her. And then the one she's reported tonight, the Yankees, is cash for me. So that's 16 and one. Thank you so much for making me money, Brianna. Welcome. And now if only I could do that for myself. <laughs> well, that's what we hear. That's what you're learning, right? That's what you hear. That's what you're learning. That's I give you great picks. And then on days where I don't tell you anything, I end up going over three. So. So it, it, it sometimes gets interesting. Yeah, we'll collaborate. Just make sure you're taking my NBA picks because I've been 85% NBA, including I think you reported tonight that uh, the Clippers lost and I had uh, the Nuggets plus the points. To be fair, you have that a quite a bit and the Nuggets lose. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, but they covered the spread though. That's the thing. They only not covered the spread once. And that was plus eight, and they almost go to spread. And now Boston, that I have on the money line, uh, they're beating Toronto in game seven. So I'm going to double up, and I am going to go. For those watching on the live stream, I am going to go with uh, Boston on the money line. So do that. Uh, go ahead and go money line. Boston Celtics. Boston Celtics on the money line. It's uh, the start of the third quarter, and they just went on a run. So you should have gone fast when I said it. All right. So uh, now what we did was we each took two teams. Right. We took uh, two teams from the ACC from the SEC or the American Athletic Conference or Conference USA. So we didn't take any Conference USA teams. I'll make sure that mid-morning tomorrow, I do a full Conference USA podcast and a few of those teams are gonna be playing tomorrow from Conference USA. Now I took the whole uh, American Conference 
because I graduated from the University of South Florida. The head coach of the University of South Florida just got. He recruited DeAndre Hopkins. He recruited Deshaun Watson to Clemson. Now, after a great run uh, that ended with him making uh, $2 million a year as the offensive coordinator of Clemson, now he's making uh, $4 million a year as the head coach of your or my USF Bulls. They will be, uh, I'll preview that game. I can't bet him, right? Because I have a bias. And I'll let Brianna and Dr. First uh, bet that game against Citadel uh, next week. And then after that, they play at Notre Dame, the, the Fighting Irish. So I'll take the AAC because I follow all the teams every year. Uh, Brianna took the North Carolina Tar Heels and Mac Brown and his wife who makes $9.5 million a year. Very interesting couple. And your Georgia Bulldogs in between the hedges in Athens, Georgia. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful college town. And then Dr. First took uh, Florida State Criminals at Tallahassee, Florida, a very nasty place, Tallahassee, Florida. And the Florida Gators in Gainesville, which is a cool party town, home of Tom Petty, one of my favorite uh, musicians of all time. And I had a lot of time, had fun tubing down the Rainbow River into Gainesville, and then in the hideaway where all the college kids go out and party. So I had a great time doing that. So uh, Rihanna had a long day today. Never get advice from somebody who's not busy, and she's always busy uh, over there up in L.A., and she's always got something going on, right? Uh, it's like that song, every day I'm hustling, I'm hustling, I'm hustling. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> but she was gracious enough with her time to do a report and fill us in on what is going on with your North Carolina Tar Heels at Ch beautiful Chapel Hill, North Carolina. You always go to the Outer Banks and then you go to Chapel Hill and the Georgia Bulldogs. So let us know what you got about them, informing them, and then we'll uh, pick. You don't have to stay around for that, but later on, Dr. First and I will pick uh, North Carolina in a uh, conference game to start the season against Dino Beavers and the Syracuse Orangemen. Well, I'm going to start with Georgia first. So obviously we view betting on games the same way we wager on investments. So there are two yes. ways to look at it, technical analysis and fundamental analysis. And Josh, can you fill us more in on that, please? Sure. So technical analysis, what you do is you look at charts and you look at trending lines and you look to see, uh, in our case, you look at all the sports books, put them in a computer, you put in all the coaches and winning percentages, and then you look at the trending lines. Then what I use uh, to get 70 to 80% and to get $32,000 uh, worth of gasoline from Anna. Anna just asked me for this card right here. I have no numbers on it, but this is the Bitcoin card. And she still has a half a gas, a half a tank of gas because she's not going anywhere. She's working from home, but she's like, hey, I'm going to need the Bitcoin card probably in a couple of weeks. So she gets gas. How have I done that? A lot of it is fundamental analysis. 
And one of the main tenets of fundamental analysis is you, you study the corporate governance. Now, when you look at a college football team, who's the corporate governance? The head coach. The head coach is God on campus, right? The head coach used to be the head coach and the athletic director. However, in Brianna's case, dealing with these two teams, uh, Kirby Smart makes $8 million a year. So that means he controls everything from A to Z. That's why we study him, right? And then Mac Brown. Mac Brown has won a national championship and has coached for 40 years, right? Why is it relevant that his wife makes $9.5 million a year? It's because she's a great corporate mind. So he runs that team, the North Carolina Tar Heel football team, like a major corporation, which in a sense they are, right? It's a $100 million budget in North Carolina. So that's why we use fundamental analysis, right? To analyze and figure out how they're going to manage the season and figure out who we're going to invest on, our hard-earned money, right, every Saturday. And why we've had so much success in the past. Because we don't just give people fish. We teach you how to fish. Thank you, Brianna. Welcome. So, see, in college and pro football, he's head coach for us. So Georgia alumni have put $7 million a year in Kirby Smart. Defensive genius Mensa member who pays attention to the number one rule of being a college football coach, which is beat your rival. So obviously, he played for he played for Georgia in the past, but he takes the page um, out of um, former Heisman Trophy winner uh, Steve Spurrier's book, which is make fun of your rival during the off season to live inside their head and beat them again. So, however, he has not been able to beat Nick Saban, his mentor, as he's twice been one play away from the national championship uh, but obviously we know Nick Saban has won five titles with Alabama so this year he's running the defense right where he wants them with eight returning starters offense is obviously a different story as he breaks in a new offensive coordinator and a new quarterback um, amazing business networker with the unlimited budget he has and at Georgia you do not rebuild an offense with only three starters back, you reload, which is obviously what he's done is he's gotten a few transfers in, he's gotten new recruits in, and then he also got Matt Luke, um, the former head coach of Ole Miss to be his offensive line coach. And then he got the former Tampa Bay Bucks offensive coordinator, Todd Monken, to be his offensive coordinator. And this is the same Todd Monken who did more with less as he had coached uh, Southern Mississippi and pulled up upsets and had his team in the bowl games more often than not. So obviously Georgia does not play for a few weeks. Uh, they do start their season off on September 26th against Arkansas. But the ESPC podcast network is predicting Georgia to be Georgia and get one play away from beating Nick Saban in the SEC championship game this year. And on to the Tar Heels. Uh, let me get up. Um, so obviously Mac Brown, fired by billionaire donors from the University of Texas for only winning one national championship, but obviously now he is with the Tar Heels. Put in perspective, Bobby Bowden, considered one of the top five college football coaches of all times, only has two titles. So obviously there's a lot of room to grow as well. And he came back to coach a Tar Heel football program that had fallen on hard times after Trubisky, who is now with the Bears, made the mistake of football has to go early in the NFL in 2017 life you have to figure out the big why in your life 
for us, one of the whys is making money betting on games and having fun watching them. For a coach, it is running and building a program, and that means a lot more to him than money. So he wants to build this program up from the ground up and make sure that the players are still having fun at the same time instead of just telling them you need to win, you need to win, get that in your head. Um, so obviously in the offseason, every program looks for that upcoming team to target. And for Coach Brown, being a man who has won a national title, he um, we predict that he would target Clemson. So targeting for college football means using the best plays from practice and keeping them for the targeted game. It also means that every coach is assigned to study all things concerning the team, not just the advanced scouting department. So obviously he looked at everything Clemson to see how he can beat them, whether it's offense or defense. And obviously Coach Spurrier, who's mentioned in the last report, um, always taught the coaching maxim that you can only get a team up for three games during a season, and this is one of those games. We predicted the obvious last year that the team was going to target the Clemson Tigers, and sure enough, he did as a plus 24 underdog. And we didn't care that they fumbled on the goal line as they should have won that game, but he, we celebrated betting twice as much as we usually do. Um, in 2020, they were turned 10 on they were turned 10 on the offensive line, on the offensive side of the ball, and seven on defense. They are a confident bunch with a coach who is there to make them rich and fun, have fun coaching. So, like I said, he's one of those coaches that would rather you have fun than win. Although winning is good too. Um, he's definitely a great mentor to have in life, and a, and Coach Muschamp, who won a national title with Coach Brown, Bill Belichick, and Nick Saban have all said that in this pandemic year, the most organized teams will win. And obviously tomorrow, the Tar Heels will be facing Syracuse. So expect, so look for North Carolina to have a big year, but they will not be able to cover the over 24 tomorrow against Syracuse, as I said. And look for Coach Dino Babers, I don't know if I said that right, to do what he always yeah, does. No, Beavers. Beavers. Uh, keep games close and for Coach Brown to save his best place for the Clemson game. And that's all for the um, report. Nice. Good job, Miami. Good job, Miami. Uh, and the, the key, especially in uh, when you're looking at a season in Mac Brown, was that a Hall of Fame coach like that uh, with decent talent going against Clemson, uh, that was like taking candy from a baby last year. It was plus, it's interesting the numbers uh, repeat themselves. It was plus 24. You take that off that key number. I did a podcast on Tuesday where we talked about uh, key numbers. And you buy that point, and it's taking candy from a baby. That's a halter coach. The guy's been all summers uh, with coaches that he's paid a million dollars for. And you don't get a million dollars for nothing, right? You get a million dollars because you know how to coach the game. And uh, that's what he did. And that's what Kirby Smart's doing, right? Kirby Smart did a great job. And getting Matt Luke, uh, who got a $20 million buyout so Lane Kiffin can go and uh, coach at the University of Mississippi. Uh, and then gives him a million dollars a year to coach that offensive line, coach up that offensive line. So it's, it's going to be very, very interesting year in the SEC. But expect Georgia to beat Georgia. And they're going to be one play away from beating uh, Coach Nick Satan, but Satan has had the upper hand on all 
his ex-assistant including Kirby Smart, even though Kirby Smart had him and he left him off the hook a couple times in the SEC title game. Uh, but look for the SEC title game to go under, like it always does. Great job. Great job. Brianna, winner, even though she didn't use my mind, my, my line, right? Uh, just as smart as Kirby is, right? It's just as much of a winner as Brianna wins. So, thank you so much. Now we're going to go to the PhD of the Philadelphia Eagles. Brandon first. And what do you got on the Florida State Colonel? And it's great to be a Florida Gator. Let's go there. Great to be a Florida Gator. But when you just have to play, we were up in half. Yeah, well, we're still a couple weeks away from anyone uh, singing anything like that, uh, at least <clears throat> for the Gators. But, you know, the both of the teams that I have um, have the, um, I guess, advantage, um, and like most teams in the South, but having fans. There will be fans at both of these uh, teams' games, or for Florida State included, but for Florida. Eventually, um, I think October 3rd will be that first game. Let me just pull it up. We got, it will be Mississippi next, or two weeks from tomorrow um, in Oxford, Mississippi. Uh, and then, yeah, October 3rd, South Carolina will be the first team to come into uh, what will be, I guess, the small swamp, if you want to call it that. Um, but look, for Florida State, or for Florida, excuse me, it's about keeping things together because they look ahead and they, and they see Texas A&M and LSU back to back. Uh, we talked about targeting teams or, or three teams. You got three games you can get them lined up for. You'd have to imagine Georgia. We talked about it um, last week with um, Dan Mullen, the Dan Mullen rule. Uh, you have to wear jersey numbers uh, during pregame. Uh, and then the announcer, at, or the, I'm sorry, the reporter asked him, well, who do you think did it? And he, he goes, well, you know, I, I don't know. And he goes, you think it was Florida? And he goes, well, I didn't say that. But it's obvious that, you know, Kirby Smart and Dan Mullen, um, anything they can do to get, each, get under each other's skin, they will do. And I think one of the biggest things you can do in football uh, to get under the other team's skin, uh, beat them. So we'll, I think that is obviously a guaranteed game that they are looking at um, to uh, be ready for or um, kind of target like we talked about. And then the other game outside of, because look, Florida, Florida State, uh, not I've heard, I don't think I've heard anything about uh, scheduling uh, in terms of that, at least on the official schedule, I'm sure something will happen. But you look at Texas A&M, then LSU, and then Georgia, three games in a four-week schedule. Um, that's going to be very tough, but I want everyone to take their focus at Missouri. Missouri, October 24th, is the only game that isn't in that block of four, uh, isn't the big one. I guarantee you Missouri is going to cover on that one. I think there will be plenty of covers against Florida, especially early. Um, they're always a team, especially with Kyle Trask, just seems to start a bit slowly. But Dan Mullen has all eyes, first and foremost, on uh, Texas A&M and LSU. But if he can get through those and go into that Georgia game undefeated, Man, it, it's going to be one of those. Um, I remember the Tebow 
days of old where scoring a touchdown and the whole team runs on the field after they, they know they're going to get a 15 yard penalty, but they're going to go on the field and just set the tone early. I think we're, we'll see that type of game. If obviously we get to an undefeated point for Florida um, and obviously for Georgia too, but me focusing on Florida, I looked at that, that three game stretch in four weeks, saw that as something, okay, that's what they're targeting. And then I also saw something they weren't targeting knowing that line is going to be inflated against Missouri. Florida is going to be as vanilla as they can get against Missouri, beat them by you know, yeah. seven points, just get enough done, get ready to go on. And once again, the last game in that stretch is Georgia, the game that I truly, truly believe Kirby, or I'm sorry, uh, Dan Mullen wants more than, more than anything. Uh, obviously, right. national title would be great, but that's on the schedule that's in front of him. That's what he wants. Yeah. And, um, Moving on to Florida State, uh, it's, it's a situation for Florida State with a new coach. You have a state that has been pretty laxed with, with the coronavirus restrictions, uh, certainly more so than um, California and other places, but it's opened things up for um, ability to practice or at least maybe not cracking down on kids throwing the football around, things like that. You know, they, they, they can get it done. So you have to imagine Florida State with Mike Norvell might not be the most organized literally at the Florida State campus, but you can tell uh, it was happening, you know, through team leaders and stuff like that. I do wonder, though, bringing in a new head coach, it is kind of hard to have, you know, your kind of position players that you can kind of say, I need my linebackers to work on this, um, to not really have that rapport. So something to look at. Now, Georgia Tech is the first game um, for uh, Florida State, and that will be tomorrow as the ACC will get rolling tomorrow. Uh, currently, I believe it is 12, yeah, uh, 12 and a half for Florida State favored. The over under is 52. I really like the under here. Uh, you, one thing you have to remember about Georgia Tech is they're in the middle of uh, transitioning to a more um, anything more traditional uh, offense than the triple option. Um, the, the service academies, and I think there might be um, another team maybe in the independent or somewhere else that runs the triple option, but no real power five school um, now runs the triple option. Georgia Tech uh, is no longer employing it after changing coaches. So it's going to take some time to get there. Uh, the 12 and a half for Florida state, it it's, it's dangerously close to, to those magic numbers of 13 and, 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 and even 12 at some times could possibly be a magic number with, um, you know, missed extra points here and there. The 12 and a half is tough for me um, to throw down and really say quickly um, because Full disclosure, uh, first time really fully focusing on Florida State, and, and there's such an up-and-down program. I would probably feel co more comfortable thinking um, Georgia Tech could keep that close, but I am supremely confident in the under 52. I think we're going to see a lot of unders um, with not explosive offenses. I'm sure Clemson will put some points up and things like that, but we talked about no tackling, things like that. Could also see some situations with maybe offensive linemen in certain states that haven't had the easy, eased, laxed situations. You know, maybe some offensive linemen lost out on um, reps like that. Maybe that keeps things under. I think we saw um, Bill O'Brien isn't exactly the greatest coach ever. But even, even that game last night when they were down 31-7, you could see some clumsiness and no preseason, even though college never has clumsiness. But 
I am supremely confident in 52 being the under or going under on the 52, the 12 and a half for Florida state with the team, new head coach, um, no real big time practices like normal. I think they're still going down, but not like normal. Um, it, it's going to be tough. We, I just don't know what to expect from Mike Norvell. There's so much talent at Florida state. We know that, um, but it didn't help Willie Taggart. Uh, I do expect, uh, uh, Mike Norvell to have a better run, but for a team um, like Florida state 12 and a half, that's, that's like, a, it's right in the middle of like three magic numbers. It's Vegas right here is just laughing at us right now, but 52 I'm laughing at Vegas on that part, but that's it all I got from the uh, sunshine state, I guess, if you want to call it. Um, but back to you, Josh. All right. So that game is going to be Georgia tech plus 12 yeah. under uh, 52. That's what it is, right? Under, I know that uh, last year Norvell at Memphis, even though they had a high power offense, they beat uh, Mississippi, the uh, power play school, uh, 15 at 10. Right? So, coaching philosophy has a lot to do with it. So, Norvell views the first game of the season as working on fundamentals, kind of pounding the other team, and getting their offensive line kind of going a little bit. All right. Getting their offensive line kind of going a little bit. So look, and, and Jeff Collins is a great coach. Yeah. Jeff Collins was the defensive coordinator in University of Florida. Uh, great defensive coordinator. He goes to Temple. He does a great job at Temple. Uh, he does more with less. And now he's in the second year at Georgia Tech. And if you want to look at a really good hype video, all right, uh, look at that Georgia Tech. Uh, Twitter page and look at their hype video. They do an excellent job with the hype. But their defensive team, they're going to keep this game under. And man, uh, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna sleep on it, but I might go uh, Georgia Tech money line on this game uh, because uh, Norvell had problems with the team, a lot of insurrection. Uh, Willie Taggart. Uh, he always tries to put a uh, round peg in a square hole, and that's why uh, Florida State had problems. But man, his players love him. Uh, so there's a lot of players who love the old regime and insurrected against the new regime, and everybody loves Jeff Collins, second year at Georgia Tech. So I'm going to take a peek at that money line and uh, see if I can put five or ten bucks in the Georgia Tech money line. Definitely put my normal uh, college thousand dollars on plus 12 and then a grain on under 52. Okay. So I'm going to give you 10 picks tonight. And that's two, two picks. Right. So let's look at the uh, following eight picks we're going to give you tonight because you will make money watching sports, watching college football. Let me know if you have any thoughts on any of these games here. Iowa State, again, that number again, right? Plus, minus 12, under, over 67 against the Raging Cajuns from Louisiana. Uh, they had a great offensive line last year in Louisiana, and they covered uh, 12 out of 13 games. And they had like 120 starts coming back last year. And that's why uh, I started writing them about the third game of the season. 
eliminas alarman. Minus alarman. So I'm thinking um, they're going to cover again for the season again. Iowa State. Iowa State isn't known for having like a big uh, defensive line. They're going to quit. Uh, Matt Campbell is going to have a great strategy for him, but he doesn't want to show too much because his job is to win the Big 12. So Louisiana uh, has a lot of good athletes, a lot of uh, transfers from the SEC. Guys who could make the grade got thrown out. They get a second chance at Louisiana. And they have a great coach in Napier. Napier was the coordinator of Arizona State with Coach Graham. He's now at Hawaii. And Napier's the guy's own program. He knows the area. He knows how to recruit. He did a great job last year. I look for them to cover the it's almost like the Florida State game. I like I like them to cover the plus 12. And, and look at the line tomorrow. I know it's a 9 a.m. game at uh, West Coast. But take a peek at that at, at 8.30. So people, people just been favorites and put that, that, puts that up to 14, 14.5. Uh, go Louisiana because they have 101 returning career starts in that offensive line, even though two of the guys ended up being in the NFL. Yeah, and, you know, for Iowa State, I think they're going to be um, – I talked about it um, earlier in terms – or when we did our Big 12 talk. Uh, and I think Iowa State's a team that, you know, can, can be right there to come towards the end of the year. It's going to be difficult. Now, this is a game I, I really like, uh, Louisiana Lafayette. They're kind of that trendy pick. If you, if you listen to, you know, a lot of that clutter out there, um, they're, they're, a lot of people are saying this is, you know, kind of that, that sexy upset pick. I think, you know, look, a year or two, three years ago, Iowa State, okay, I'd have that conversation. I don't know this year. I, I really like Iowa State. Um, I think they're a sneaky good team. A lot of people kind of get hung up on the fact that, look, it's Iowa State, not exactly a blue blood program. Um, so it's, uh, it's going to be uh, interesting to see how that game goes. Uh, but yeah, I like Louisiana Lafayette to probably, I, I see that like a, a, a 10 point game um, for Iowa State, maybe even less. Uh, so get that done. Um, and then uh, what is the over under on that? I had it. 57. Uh, 57. Um, you know, it's a lot of, a lot of returning offensive linemen on uh, Louisiana. Um, for me, full disclosure, uh, there are a lot of times, very few things. I was very confident in the 52 with Florida State. Um, the college college over-under lines scare the hell out of me. I'm not going to lie. It's uh, I relied a lot on Josh a lot of the times. But for me, it's um, – there's – you know, when you see numbers like 76 uh, up there and then all of a sudden they put up 80 points, that's, that's enough to just kind of push everyone the pause button on for me. Um, but um, Iowa State – Louisiana, I'm I'm a big fan of the Raging Cajuns. I think they are definitely going to cover, and um, this is going to be a good game. I really do think it's a good game. Yeah, no, it's going to be a great game. Great coaches. If people don't understand how good these coaches are on this club, uh, and each coach, Matt Matt Campbell at Iowa State making four million dollars a year, right? and he's not just making four million dollars a year uh, for no reason. It's because the mansion coach. And then Grant Napier making uh, a million over there uh, with Louisiana, the Raging Cages. And remember, Louisiana is a top five state in recruiting. 
But if a guy goes to the SEC and he's a three, four, five-star uh, from his back, it's almost like uh, the pitcher who got paid from the Angels to the Oakland A's, right? There was just a hitch in his delivery that the A's guys saw that the Angels guys didn't see. So same thing happens on this level. There's certain things that these guys see that uh, the other programs don't see. They make the adjustment, and the guy ends up. They, uh, let me put it to you this way, right? Louisiana put two offensive linemen in the NFL. They went to camp. Now they're on the 53-man roster in the NFL from that Louisiana offensive line. What does that tell me? Uh, Grant Napier knows how to develop talent, right? And he knows how to coach. So... And you look at Iowa State, Iowa State has bigger fish to fry, right? In the Big 12. So this is a game to get the fundamentals right, get the vanilla schemes right, because you can't put sophisticated schemes unless you get the basics right. So this game is going to be all about the basics. So that's where we're looking at the under, and we're looking at Louisiana covering. Who knows what the line's going to be tomorrow? Today is 12. I'm going to wait till tomorrow morning, see what that line is. And everybody, all these Robin Hood people sitting at home betting favorites, <laughs> betting favorites and overs. Uh, we got to take advantage of those people tomorrow. And then underdogs and unders. <laughs> hey, sometimes, hey, sometimes the answer to complicated problems is the simplest common sense solution. Right? Well, and I can almost guarantee if you even wanted to bet blindly, go ahead, wait till the last minute and bet unders and bet dogs. The next game we're going to look at, so third game we gave you is uh, Dino Beavers, uh, a guy who knows how to do less, do more with less. The man won the MAC title, all right, at Bowling Green with zero talent. Uh, now he's at Syracuse. Now he has a, uh, a $30 million budget. What does he do? He beats Clemson, right? He upsets Clemson with 100% inferior talent. Nobody is going to say that that Syracuse roster that beat Clemson had better players. So now he's going against Mac Brown, North Carolina. I've won a lot of money with Mac Brown. He was in Texas and now in North Carolina because he is targeting, right? Like we talked, he's targeting Clemson. Who else is here? <laughs> Other than the Clemson Tigers. And he's all a good coach, loves the challenge. He's not there for the money, right? His great grandkids are set for life. He, he could care less about money right now. His wife makes $9.5 billion a year in real estate. So money's not the issue for him. For him, it's the challenge of beating those bunch of tires. Not Sarah <laughs> So look for this game to be closer. And uh, that over or under, let that number fly. Right now it's uh, 66. Let that number fly go under. So I don't mind. Uh, these three games were going uh, under and the dog. But I like this dog a lot, especially over that key number of 24. I got it at 25. I saw 25. I'm busy. I got a lot of things going on. So I got that number early. It's over a key number. And it would not shock me at all if Syracuse plays this football game. Got any thoughts on this, uh, PhD? Um, yeah, I think it's too heavy of a number. Uh, I like Syracuse to cover. Um, I, I like North Carolina. I was impressed by what Mac Brown was able to do 
last year um, and since he's been there. I, I'm, I, I don't think I'm as bullish as you on Syracuse saying that they could win. I mean, obviously, look, they could win. Don't get me wrong. Um, I, don't, I don't give it a very high uh, probability, um, probably not even in the uh, double digits in all honesty, but I definitely like Syracuse to cover. I think we're going to see this weekend a lot of maybe what we saw last night in the NFL game, 31 to seven. And then, okay, here we go. You know, okay, here's two quick touchdowns by the other team and then an onside kick. And then they just, oh, okay, I guess we got to at least sit on the ball now. It just kind of, I feel like that's what we're going to see. One team's going to be just well ahead of the other uh, in terms of obviously on the scoreboard, but also, also in whatever they've been doing and getting ready for now. And um, it's going to also get to a point where, hey, look, guys, let's pull back um, a lot of times like we talk about, you know, kind of we don't need to show anything else. We're up 31 to seven with, you know, 10 minutes left in this game. So that's great. Um, and obviously it, it worked out for us last night because we still had the, chi uh, the Chiefs and the minus number. But, you know, when you see minus numbers like 23 and a half or like you said, 24, maybe 25 by game time tomorrow night or tomorrow, excuse me, it's it, you give me the plus. 20 at that point i mean it's almost comp uh, it's not uh double digit dogs in the division but it is it's double digit dogs in the conference these guys see each other a ton it's hard to um hide 24 points from them um that's and, good fun though because yeah. uh conference is like a division really yeah i mean they they we play each other every year division. we got twice but we play each other every single year so they know what to do so I um I, I love that pick. Yeah, I, I really do like Syracuse to cover. Like I said, I'm not um anywhere near the the win part of it, but you know that's it's definitely a possibility. But I'm full on board. Bucks Syracuse Syracuse but I'm not. I'm not gonna put more than five bucks on. Oh yeah, I'd like to see probably what plus five fifty plus six hundred minimum on that. But you know, no. we, we shall see. Honestly, we shall see. Let's see what Ulla has. Like. I have my bookie up actually right here too. I'll check okay. that. Um, my bookie has the. Um, oh yeah, plus a thousand. Yeah, so yeah, that's definitely. Uh, I would not suggest uh, minus seventeen ninety on uh, North Carolina. <laughs> so yeah, but if you put a dollar on Syracuse, mm -hmm. right? Why not? Yeah, why not? Definitely. Get a, I mean, get a uh, dollar. Get yeah. a dollar. Definitely. I just, uh, I think they're probably, are, let, I'd rather, have, let me put it to you this way. You won't get the same odds, or you won't get the same heavy number, but I'd rather put a dollar probably on uh, Louisiana Lafayette. Um, but just throwing that out there. But uh, yeah, you're right. Just throw a dollar. Who knows? You know, four quarters, 10 dimes. Arkansas State, that's, we're talking about. That's, a, that's a game where you can put somebody on Arkansas State, Lake Anderson. They played last week. They looked pretty good to me. And they're playing Kansas State. Kansas State uh, is good, but they're not world beaters. And they can get beat first game of the season. You don't know what happens in the first half. You have a series of mistake blunders against the team already. The biggest improvement you've made is from week one to week two in college football. And Arkansas State, they got a great coach. He's been there forever. Uh, they looked good last week uh, in a they covered for us last week. It was an easy cover for us. It was like minus 19. And they had the ball uh, going in to tie the game, right? And then they had the turnover mishap, and the other team ran out of the clock. 
Uh, so they're going to be bad. And Kansas State is a world leader. So Kansas State throws a couple of interceptions. They uh, drop a punt or, or a kickoff. Suddenly you have Arkansas State up 21 to nothing in the first quarter, 28-7 at half, right? Uh, and then what do you do? You, you bet Kansas State for the second half line, and you win both sides of the bet. Or Arkansas State covers, and Kansas, Kansas State cover for you at halftime. So I'm going to go with Arkansas State covering over points. I'm going to take it over the key number. And over, because they scored a lot of points last week, and again, Arkansas, uh, Kansas State, especially after you get uh, the first team, they're not world beaters. It's a developmental program. Even though they're in a power five conference, they're a developmental program, uh, especially with Chris Kleiman only being there a second year, getting his guys in there, transitioning from the Schneider system, who was a Hall of Fame coach. Uh, and Blake Anderson has been there forever. So there's a lot of advantages here for Blake Anderson in Arkansas State. And they like to score points. So I'm going to go uh, again with the dog plus. And Vegas kind of agrees with me because they're not doing plus 12. They're doing plus 11. And then I'm going to go over 54. And that was the Arkansas State game, correct? Arkansas State against Kansas State. And I know it's more in Kansas, but I forgot the town of Kansas City. But I know Christopher Hyman, and, and uh, for people that want to know stuff, go to our podcast and listen to that Big 12 podcast, where we went in and we went over each team with a fine tooth comb, including Kansas City and Chris Hyman, who uh, his fame was South Dakota State, man, all those championships he won at the SCS level, and then upsets the first game of the season that he had on the SCS level. But Blake Anderson, just a good approach. And look for uh, Arkansas State to cover the spread. We're not picking them to win, but do, we are picking to pick a big number. And what was your over-under on that? I apologize. 54. 54, and that was the under? Over. Over 54, thank you. Perfect. I update the spreadsheet. And uh, what was the Syracuse over-under? I apologize. I got a little distracted. Yeah, the uh, over under the Syracuse game is 65 and a half. Six, yeah, 66 points. I always buy the half point. Don't get killed by half point, right? Sales anything short term, this is meant to be long term. Don't let a half a point kill you, all right? It's my philosophy. But you guys can let us know what you say. So, Another game we're going to tackle is going to be your Louisiana Monroe against Army. And Army uh, cover on both sides of this. Last week we're at what? 7 or no? Seven we or lost no, one apparently. I, the BYU we had under 50. I I thought it ended 45 nothing or whatever, but. Yeah, I think. I don't know. Here, let me check that. You, you can. Uh, I'll, I'll check that real quick. If you want to finish your thought, I will have it by the time you're done. Right. Army. Especially when they went under for us last week. When they got that winning game going, they always go under. And now they're playing Louisiana Monroe. Uh, Monroe is going to have a great uh, starting team. But once they put those uh, backups in, Monroe, Louisiana Monroe is going to have a problem. Now, again, Louisiana is a top five recruiting state in the country. 
So those guys who go out three, four, five stars who go out to uh, upper level power five school, they get in trouble, uh, they can't make the grades. And then they go to the Warhawks that are kind of a last chance you. They do return eight guys on defense, five on offense. Uh, their coach has been there, uh, Viator for five years. He's taking them to a couple bowl games. But Army is in the second year of the two-year cycle. They have a great coach. So look for Army uh, to control this game and keep it under 55 points. And the side I'm not going to mess with because turnovers will be a big factor in this game. That'll turn that 21 points one way or another. If you have to, if you're one of those people that has to have that, then you would take uh, Louisiana Monroe. You would buy the point and go plus uh, 22. But I'm not going to play that. What I am going to play is that under under 55. Army under 55. Um, what, what, what is the exact number? Because mine keeps switching on me. Uh, I thought I saw 23 and a half last time. Um, now, now 22. Um, so I, I would – last week we saw Army um, have to cover a bit – or naturally, no, they were only three and a half point favorites. It's a pretty easy win for us. And just an update, it was BYU won that game 55-3. to three. Um, So it was uh, the under under 50 was our only blemish, but we went six and one. Um, so Yeah, you can't be greedy with that. Can't, yeah, you, you can't win them all. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's you know. why you never parlay, right? Because you go six and one, you make a ton of profit. Your bankroll is popping, right? You're happy. You enjoyed it. If you did a parlay, you would be throwing your beer at the TV set because, uh, you know, BYU decided to score another touchdown or there was a sack fumble or something. And you're pissed because you're probably – that's why you don't parlay. Parlays are for suckers. It's true. And last week it was Middle Tennessee State, a team that last year uh, was, was just bad against the run. Obviously, that doesn't bode well. Well, Louisiana Monroe might be even worse last year against the run. They are bringing back – um, eight of those starters on defense. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. At least they have experience. Um, but for a, for a team like Army that's going to be in the top five, definitely, definitely the top five, maybe the top three, maybe the top running team in the country, uh, I think it bodes well. I think it was a big reason why they were able to beat um, Middle Tennessee State so soundly. I mean, a three-point favorite in that game, and they won 42 to nothing, I think. Uh, absolutely crazy. I, I like, actually, um, Army, but once again, 22 points. We're, we're talking about – yeah. like last night, um, I, I, we watched the, the Chiefs jump out to a huge lead and then kind of, okay, we'll pull it back. Everybody stay healthy and, you know, all that stuff. And they, they, got, they got the job done. But because coaches don't give a shit. One point, that's a W. 55 points, that's the same W. They don't care about us gamblers. They're going to do what's best for their team, and our, it's our job to figure out what that is. And I think that honestly is what that is, is for getting out there, getting it to an attainable spot. Um, we're not talking about the BCS anymore. No, you don't have to beat all these teams 55 to 3 now um, to, to, be a, to be ranked. So um, it, I agree with you. It, it, the under 55 is the smart play. 
Um, just uh, I would I would keep an eye on the Army run game. Obviously, you know what you're going to see. Probably not going to find the ball. There's someone who has the ball, and there's three different guys running. It's that quintessential triple option. But how they how they look? Um, I'll, I'll admit I didn't get a chance to see last week, but I think one of the toughest offenses to learn um, is the triple option, and not so much like X's and O's, just in terms of how you and player X, Y, and Z deal with you know in terms of holding the ball bringing it back here and there we see it a lot um and obviously army seemed like they had it figured out and look we talked about the triple option the one thing that is very very prevalent were turnovers um so that's a scary situation um, but the under 55 i think is the smartest play um to roll with it yeah because see, and they did it last they had the team the way they wanted and like i said last week all they want to do is get exactly 3.5 yards on every ball. They're army people, so it's precise, right? Because you run the ball three times and you get 3.5 yards. That equals a first down. And they just want to do that and milk the clock, right? They wait, they look at the clock, 30 seconds left, and they snap the ball with five seconds around there. And they just milk the clock, right? So and when you look at probability here, right, because we use business and financial concepts to uh, invest in these games, right, we treat it like an investment, it's always going to be a high probability that the game's going to go under when you have a wishbone team, when you have a triple option team, but now you have Army in a second year cycle where they had a bad year and now they have a good year. And a guy who potentially is a Hall of Fame coach, he broke the 10 year uh, winning streak, maybe that. Right? So this guy knows how to coach. We seen Anna Monroe, first game of the season, and they're playing these guys. Uh, it's going to be tough sledding for them. So, but Army, again, like you said, Army might want to win the game 28 to nothing, right? And then Army has the ball, five minutes left in the game. Uh, they fumble, the guy runs it back for a touchdown. For whatever reason, they go for two. And uh, the end of, you know, end of the score is Army 28, Louisiana Monroe 8, and you lose your power. So, in this case, I'm going to go under the uh, 54, under the 55. Last night was under 55. I love that under 55. Let's say my night, my night, um, my night was one and one last night in the pro football game. But that's why you have to study the number, right? Because it was minus nine. I bought the point ten, and if O'Brien goes for, doesn't go for two, this kid's the extra point. I push and I make money, but he didn't do that, right? That's fine. I, I mean, love the podcast. The podcast is up being too. I love one of my favorite parts of football and and, and betting and and kind of the side things is that last play of the game or the last two plays of the game has absolutely nothing to do with the game. Like, but every single person that bet on that game is watching it because it, whatever happens there, it affects uh, so much uh, between the over under and then possibly even, you know, uh, maybe not so much with the spread, but definitely with the over under, I mean, uh, they had first and goal from the two-yard line. I'm going, oh, okay, well, it'll be a one-and-one. One. They're going to score here. You know, they 
unfortunately they have two timeouts, so they can't just kneel on the ball here. Uh, so they have to go and sure, sure enough, Texans hold them up. Um, so, you know, those are the times you watch and you, and you wonder, you know, if uh, big Andy Reed uh, maybe uh, threw in an under pick and went, Whoa, look where we are. Let's hold off a little but, bit. Uh, but it goes to the heart of one of the heart of the podcast. It's arbitrage. You bet 10 games and you bet the exact same amount in 10 games. So a play like that is meaningless. You're enjoying watching that and laughing. Really that two point conversion was okay. Either the podcast goes to another or I go to it. Something good is going to another. And I'm probably not losing any money. You know, I'm one and one for, for the game. Right? And if I threw that Houston second half, I go two and one, 66% of any money. And that's the key to make money and have fun laugh. Because I was laughing. Oh man, I got a barrage of text about the two-point merchant in about uh Andy Reid kneeling. Oh, you know Andy Reid's gonna kneel. <laughs> well, and, and and what people need to understand too, and that for Bill O'Brien uh in that situation, he's never going for two in that situation because if you go for two and you miss it you essentially end the game for yourself. You turn it into a three possession game. You don't go for two until you absolutely have to. In that situation, you kick the extra point, stay down 11 when you eventually, or if you would, score the touchdown, that's when you then go for two. Because if you then score the touchdown, miss the two point conversion, now you're down 12 and it's a three possession game. So just, well, okay, maybe not three possessions, but two possessions, but two touchdowns as opposed to a touchdown and a field goal, which is a little easier. So uh, that was just the thing. I wasn't worried about that. I didn't expect him to go for two, but I guarantee you there were people screaming at him to, to go for it, you know, but things like that. And that's why sometimes maybe the money line is a little safer. Now, not in nine point spreads, but in one or two point spreads, because at the end of the day, the coaches don't give a shit about your spread. They give a shit about the win. Um, so when we're talking about like what we did with BYU last week, BYU, I think, was two-point favorites. Now, look, they handled their business, no big deal. But in that situation, just money line it, just in case. Something weird happens, hey, they still got the win. You're good. You sacrificed a $1.50 or two fifty or whatever um, on the number uh, as opposed for the, for the two points that eventually would have given you a loss. So something to think about as well. Right, and it's all in fun, but you got to make money doing it because 80% of your time has to be in revenue generating activities. That's why you bet the 10 games instead of just one, and that's why you never parlay as well. So, the next game we are going to tackle is going to be the Duke Blue Devils against uh, Notre Dame. And again, this is another game that screams uh, the dog, right? You have who, in my opinion, is the Hall of Fame coach in Kapala, right? There's a couple ways he gets into the Hall. One way is that he coached both Manning brothers who had fantastic uh, careers in the NFL. Just like that, being the offensive coordinator for Tennessee when they won the national title with Fat Phil Fulmer. And then he coached Peyton Manning before that. Then he coached T. Martin. T. Martin uh, went on to be the offensive coordinator at USC, and now he is uh, the recruiting coordinator and the receivers coach for the University of Tennessee. But Cutleff goes to Mississippi, and he coaches Eli Manning, 
and gets him to have a fantastic career. And if you look at the record of Mississippi, Cutliffe has had the best record of Mississippi, and he has fallen coaches, right? You can only do so much where you're at. And he maximizes talent. That's the same thing he's done with Duke, right? With the Duke Blue Devils, he's maximized their talent. He gets them in a bowl game as much as possible. Man, is he good at developing quarterbacks and getting them to the NFL. His last student was Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is now uh, got a $20 million signing bonus. Whether you think it's wise or not, the man has the money. The man can't put it in the bank. <laughs> Daniel Jones has the money, right? He's on the New York Giants roster. Uh, he got him to the NFL. Obviously, he knows how to coach a guy through the combine and get him paid. So, for that alone, he should be in the Hall of Fame. He returned seven on offense and seven on defense. He returned 102 career starts. So, yeah, uh, it's minus 20. Let's see what it is. What is it now on my bookie? It might be, is it minus 20? 20, minus 20 and a half now. All right, so by the half point, by a whole point. Yeah. And get it to 21 and a half and go cut left all the way. Uh, two offensive coaches. I can see this game going over. All right. So, uh, what is it on my bookie now? Um, the over under number there is 53. Oh, all right, so yes, 53. Sorry. All right. So, go over 53 and go do the Duke Blue Devils to cover them. Notre Dame's going to win. Probably Notre Dame's going to win handily, but you think now. Brian Kelly has changed his philosophy. He used to be a wide open coach. He won all those titles on the FCS level and Division three. Then when he went to Cincinnati, he was a running gun guy. Notre Dame, their alumni is not running. Uh, they're not running gun alumni. So they've convinced them after he had a bad year to go back to pounding the ball. What uh, USC alumni wants their people to do is start, you know, hey, you're better talent, just pound the ball. And uh, the Fighting Irish have 114 career starts. The next week they play USF. They're going to have the high plays. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but they are going to control the game. And uh, they don't want to blow out, dude. They just want to beat you, right? We're the ones that want people to cover spread. They just want to win the game. So if they win the game 24-14, they'll be good. Remember, Duke has 101 guys' uh, career starts in their offense line. So they'll be able to move the ball. They'll be able to control the clock, keep their defense fresh. And look for Notre Dame to win this game 20, 28 to 21 and to go over the 53. Uh, that won't get you there, but um, I like it 31 20 or 38 21. I think it's going to be one of those games that's, you know, never really close, but always one play away from being close. Um, now, I, I fully agree. So, yes, yeah, 31. 38-21, I would say. I think it's going to be a 17 four, I think it's about two touchdown, 20 points. Um, now, obviously, look, 21 is the one of the magical or biggest magic numbers out there. So you want to make sure you get over that um, to get to 21 and a half, um, or if you're okay playing the push. But, I, yeah, I, I'd like to buy that whole point. I'd feel good about that. Um, and and yeah, I don't think it's not going to score more than 35 points. They don't want to. 
I'm not saying. Well, well, you just, the only thing is you said it was going to be 28 21, and that wasn't going to get you the over. Yeah, so. yeah, that's 49, right? So that would have been four less. So I would say, let's go 31 uh, 24. There you go. Yeah. Well, I think we're both agreeing, just maybe yeah. a little differently on how we get there. Late at night, trying to do math. But you have to be careful, right? So I sometimes have to make these bets way early. Or after you've had a decent night's sleep <laughs> before you do the match. That's why, you, yeah, that's why you don't sit in line, right? You haven't slept and you're in line with uh, this sheet trying to figure out math before you see your ticket. That's why you, you, you schedule and you plan the games before you get to the sports. So you already have it all set up. You have the math all set up, but you're not doing the math for the piece of paper. But but you will laugh at the guys doing that because every time I've ever gone, there's always some guy in line, uh, writing on the sheet uh, and doing the math right before it. Uh, they go ahead and pick and they go, hey man, uh, you look like you're organized. Just go ahead and figure this out. <laughs> They're like, oh, who did you take? So we're gonna go. Uh, for sure, I'm going to go do to cover, and then the over under uh, is iffy, so I'm just going to let that go, and I'm going to go Duke plus 22. 23? 22. Okay. 2-2. Two, two. Double deuces. But two offensive coaches teams over to me, so. You got any thoughts on it? No, I, I kind of already went through it. In terms great. Of, yeah, just, uh, you know, breaking things down, the magic number, and uh, just make sure you get over that magic number. However you can, get make sure you get over um, 21, whether it's by a half or if you have 21, you'll just have to feel okay um, with a possible uh, push. But, yeah, like I said, just make sure you get yourself at or over 21 if you want to play with Duke. Um, so, yeah. But my feelings, and, and believe me, I've been 80% of this for, for 12 years. My feelings are that Duke is going to cover by a lot. Fair enough, but I think you would feel you wouldn't feel amazing if you you did that, and then it was 20 and a half, and somehow, some way, they lose by th three touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, you think don't leave yourself I, open for that. I mean, if you want, you, I yeah, I don't think you and I haven't probably in the last decade taken any bet on a keynote. Yeah, I mean, if you want to do that, you know, and, and feel, ah, but I, I, I think you should just at least, it's a very safe way to cover yourself um, in the case of, in, in the event of a disaster, you know, kind of break this glass in the event of a disaster. That's kind of what it is. Do you really want to break it? Uh, I don't. Just keep it there. Take that point. Get yourself over it. Um, but yeah, Duke, Duke for sure. No, we've all been there, right? Duke's down by seven. They're going in. They throw a pick six, they're down now 14. And then the ensuing kickoff, the guy must the ball. Notre Dame probably just four. <laughs> now it's 21 points. Well, and then also we saw That's with- That's why the, you want that 21.5. Well, and then we saw the with the onside kick last night. It, it was almost ran back. You could have seen something like that happen right. Um, right. to where yeah, that, that 14 points, uh, they're down by 14 and, and you, you kind of roll your eyes like, God, they're really going to try the onside kick. Well, yeah, they have to, they have to. 
and then it blows up in your face because you, uh, you, 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 you didn't buy yourself that half point. You, you stayed firm at 20 and a half and they lost by 21 because of an onside kick. And, you know, it's a great story, but it's also an L. Right. What's next? Yeah, it happens. Believe me. I've been on both sides. <laughs> me too. I, I've won that you have to be, though. You have to learn that way. I mean, obviously, if, if you're here listening and, and you haven't been on that point, well, great. You're, you're lucky that we're here to teach you that. But most people, they just kind of, you know, it, it takes a little, it, you, it's trial and error sometimes. And it's not cheap trial and error sometimes, but that's why we're here. Yeah, so you don't have to do it We'll take the bumps, or we've taken the bumps for you. How about that? So Clemson, uh, they always cover first game of the season. So I'm going to take that high number. I'm going to say I would, I would, I would go Clemson plus fifty. So <laughs> well, minus. I yeah. cover the big number. So I, I think they're probably going to win fifty to nothing. So they'll be uh, they'll cover against Wake Forest. Those are my thoughts. Yeah, you know it's. I, I go back to last year in the um, ACC title game. We did our college football breakdown with all the championship picks. And I believe the only one that we actually took a minus number on was Clemson. And I think it was like minus 31 and a half. And it was done by halftime, done and dusted by halftime. Clemson's on another level. Um, Wake Forest is wondering why these players aren't dribbling a basketball. Another one of these schools that um, really doesn't care about football um, outside of that one in maybe eight or 10 years where maybe a, a transcendent talent rolls through and maybe they go to a bowl game and win eight or nine games. But um, look, I, I, I personally, um, I wouldn't play Clemson. I would play Wake Forest. Um, I'd actually play in this situation um, what is it at right now? 60. Um, I'd, I'd probably play the over. I know 60 seems like a lot. I think um, Clemson's going to score in high volumes. I could see this being a 31 to three halftime game and it then becoming a 56 to 31 game very quickly because Trevor Lawrence is out at halftime and, and maybe, you know, Wake Forest got an impassioned speech. Um, so I, um, I like your, your confidence in the Clemson minus 34. I kind of have that confidence in the over 60. I think with Clemson, 60 is kind of a low number. Um, and I know you also obviously look at the Clemson defense and say, well, are they going to give up points? And that's a fair question to ask. I um, Look, the Arkansas State, Kansas State number was 54. The Syracuse number and North Carolina number is 66. And you're going to give me 60 on Clemson? I'm okay with that. Um, and like I said, the halftime score is a very big indicator of what's probably going to happen in the second half. I remember last year I always talk about my Ruck, my famous Rutgers plus 52 and a half where they went into the half, what, 31 to three? I knew we're good. They're not putting up 28 and a half more points on their second stringers or with their second stringers. Like we're good. So um, for me, I think if, if Clemson can get their, get 30 points in the first half, we'll get ourselves to that over 60. And I think that's a very high probability um, of that happening. All right. So two things, right? Uh, when you look at Wake Forest, they have Dave Clawson, who's a phenomenal coach. They're like Army. You go on two-year cycles, right? So you look at their past records, seven and six, eight and five, seven and six, eight and five, all right? Uh Eight and five tells me they're probably on a down cycle. They only have three guys returning on offense. 
And my opinion, you know, Wake Forest shouldn't be in the ACC because they only have an enrollment of maybe 10,000 kids. It's a rich school. I mean, it's a good school for kids that's in, into academics. Uh, listening to the conference call with Jeff Scott, the head coach of the University of South Florida, he was making a couple million dollars a year as the offensive coordinator for Clemson. Been there to me. And he uh, asked Dabble Sweet for advice on taking the head coach job at the University of South Florida. And Coach Dabble Sweeney gave him the book, right? The book, uh, the, the best practices book and the rule book at Clemson. And he said the biggest thing he took out of that book was that you always treat your first game of the season like a goal game and get your team ready to go. And Clemson has covered for me the last probably 10 years, uh, first game of the season. Now I know why with Devil Sweeney. They're treating this like a bowl game. They're playing uh, Wake Forest with three guys returning on offense. The only concern for, uh, for Clemson is they have 17 career starts on offense, but these are all guys that either are going to be in the NFL and have long careers in the NFL, or at least get drafted or undrafted free agents in that camp, right? So it doesn't really matter that they only have 17 career starts because they have so much points, right? And Clemson is a developmental program that's good every other year. So uh, I wouldn't argue with anybody uh, doing the over like Dr. First is saying, and then uh, minus the 30, whatever, whatever, because they're there. This is the other problem that um, that Wake Forest has is that the quarantine, this is the main, uh, especially uh, Dabble Sweetie make sure he has four first round draft picks on that defensive line, those linebackers need. You look at these Clemson linebackers, they're all historically uh, 6'1, 6'2, right? Uh, 250 pounds, 225 pounds. These guys have been quarantined. <laughs> you can't hang out or nothing. That's just going to be a mean, ferocious Clemson defense. I'm, I'm going to watch them that for sure just to see how nasty those guys are. So I, I look for that. And I look for uh, Clemson to win this game. 15 or nothing is my game. And so 50 wouldn't make it over. So it'll be interesting if they do just take the dogs out and beat them 72 to nothing. Because Wake Forest has three guys returning on offense against an NFL defense. Well, an NFL team in the first half. I mean, I I, I can't imagine it's going to be Clemson one, uh, you know, top dogs uh, the whole time. I, I'm counting on, like I talked about, that, that, that kind uh, of response of – you know, we're down 31 to three. Here come the backups. Um, you know, kind of, you know, maybe gives you a little per pep in your step when you know, okay, hey, I'm I'm going up against practice squad NFL guys as opposed to first rounders. Like, hey, I got a little that's what I'm saying. Second makes you up a little it perks you up a little bit. But um I expect Wake Forest to put up some uh, about I I could see them getting to 14 points in uh, garbage time uh to get us over. It can happen, absolutely. It definitely can happen. So the next game we're going to look at is uh, Texas and Utah. Uh, Tom Herman was in cover big lines, so I, I expect uh, 
UTEP to cover the line and for it again to go over 58. So I'm taking UTEP, UTEP minors who played last week and remember the biggest improvement is between the first and second week. So UTEP uh, will have a big second half to cover that big uh, 43 points. Why not buy a point? So especially if it goes high tomorrow, uh, you know, buy a point with UTEP. Don't get killed by a point in a random game. Because how many of you honestly were like me and watched that UTEP against the FCS team? Against the and Foster, uh, Dr. First's team. They were down 14 to 3 at halftime. I, I turned that game on. It was 14 to 3, Stephen F. Austin. I was like, wow, I'm going to win both sides of the bet because I put the money line on Stephen F. Austin as well. And yeah, they, they ended up giving up uh, three straight touchdowns. But yeah, it's UTEP. Yeah, that's UTEP for you. Sorry. That's, it's like a trigger word, Stephen F. Austin. And they have uh, Canales, who was the offensive corner at USF at some point. Uh, he's a great guy, great man from San Diego, California. Actually, he's uh, San Diego, California. I think his dad was in the Marines. He was in the Marines. He ends up being offensive coordinator. He us. He's a great offensive coordinator. He always has a job because he is such a great guy. He is such a great ex-Sino guy. And he can recruit as well. I think he's been cheated. He probably needs to be in an upper-level division one school. But he's doing fine making $400,000 a year now. El Paso, Texas. $400,000 a year in Apostle Texas goes a long way. Uh, but Tom Herman, he doesn't like going to out. He keeps everything to the rest for the big games. That's why he, he's like 15 and 1 as a dog. But as a favorite, he's in the 40 percentile. So that's why I'm dialing up the Utah Miners. And because uh, Tom Herman doesn't want to blow people out, he's going to run it all day, they'll stay under 59. Agreed. And so the other game after that is going to be uh, Tyson Helton and Western Kentucky, the defending Conference USA champions. And I know that because I'm a sending Conference USA. I'll give you a full Conference USA report um, after I talk to a client. And we've settled on the baseball picks tomorrow. I'll do a Conference USA season preview. Uh, they're going against the Blue Cardinals, ACC team. Again, another ACC team, ACC team playing a non-conference game in the middle of a pandemic. So I like this game to actually be a fourth quarter game. I look for this game very similar to the Arkansas State game, where you doubt Arkansas State's going to win, and you doubt Tyson Johnson's going to win, but uh, you do feel confident that there'll be a semi-close game. Either they're really close and then it's a fourth quarter game, or they're scoring meaningless touchdowns at the end of the game to cover, cover the spread. And Tyson helps is a good offensive coach. Two offensive teams, and that total isn't so high. So see what it is tomorrow and go uh, the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers, right? And the reason I can bet the Hilltoppers because I know that Jack Harbaugh was the head coach of the Hilltoppers. His son, Jim Harbaugh, recruited Willie Taggart, who's the coach of the Conference USA, your Florida Atlantic out. And I know Tyson Helton is the um, red zone coordinator for the USC Trojans when uh, T. Martin, who is the wide receivers coach at Tennessee, was the offensive coordinator in that debacle against Greg Shiano and River Meyer in the Congress. 
and uh, Tyson Helton graduated to become offensive coordinator at Tennessee and now second year head coach at Western Kentucky. Remember, this is a coaching family. Clay is making $5 million a year with a $20 million buyout at USC, 10th year at USC. His dad was the head coach in Memphis, right? And remember, he put his son, Clay Helton, in a quarterback. It was a disaster. Uh, got, he pulls his own son. We got to give him credit. Like he takes his own son, pulls him, and, and lets the backup play the rest of the year. Uh, but it's a coaching family. They've been done forever. Coach Helton, coach in the University of Florida, for Steve Spurrier, the funny, funny, funny gun days. Uh, and now Tyson Helton, the son, wins a conference title in Conference USA, playing Louisville. They have a great coach, but Louisville has bigger fish, fishes to fry. So that's why they're not going to cover the plus 12. And I'm figuring both teams are going to figure out how to score, especially that second half, and go over Shapiro. I think that's the greatest breakdown of Western Kentucky's game ever. Yeah, any thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, I, I agree. I, I think Western Kentucky, um, I see, I, you know, it's funny that the 12, the 11 and 12, it, it's like in blackjack. Like you're just like, ugh, like it's you again. Um, right. 11 and 12 is just such, because it's in the middle of just so many magic numbers, 9, 10, 13, 14, 16. Set, they're just all in that area. Um, so I get a little worried of that mainly because it's just a a, a touchdown a, a field goal anything like that but I, I definitely expect western kentucky to be within shouting distance of this game so um yeah i do like them but i'm definitely more on board of the over um look western kentucky um above average defense you have to to win your conference really no matter where you play but um but the, you're talking about just another a level here um, you did talk about bigger fish to fry for Louisville. Fully, fully agree. Um, I do see this game being a, a shootout. I see this being a 41-35 game um, that, you know, was, was just a really, really fun game to watch. Um, and I'll tell you, if I actually, everything that we talked about, um, this might be the dollar game. I don't know if we want to coin that, but that, that dollar on it, and I don't know what the exact money yeah, line yeah. is once again. It's not oh, going to yeah, be a 1000 it's not going to be a thousand like I think the uh, Syracuse was, but as I go down, uh, plus three forty. So you know nothing, nothing crazy, but you know I, I think Western Kentucky has a shot to win this game. Not a great shot, but um, I like them to cover. I really like the over fifty-eight. I think that's a really low number. I think we're seeing a lot of low numbers outside of the Mary, maybe the Syracuse getting up to sixty-six, um, but I think that's just the the football, the NFL better in me that sees 66 and has me wondering, but then you got to realize, Oh wait, that's, you know, when you have the spread around 23, then yeah, you're probably going to see some high numbers. Um, but Western Kentucky and over 58, I'm big on the over 58 here. One thing that observing, all right. It was just week one uh, college in the NFL game last night. Uh, and then the, Alabama Birmingham Miami game, which I got right last night. Uh, I there's a difference between teams that have access to weight rooms and teams that did not. 
have access to weight rooms the whole time. And all the big programs probably did have access to weight rooms, but you wonder about your Western Kentuckys, right? You wonder about, uh, you know, Coastal Carolina, teams like that. I know that UAB had access to weight rooms in Miami. A lot of these teams, nothing happened. LSU, nothing happened. Well, the Florida teams, they all, they got exemptions, right? I mean, wrestling, the WWE, uh, the same thing, put them as an essential, essential uh, employees, right? So, but uh, other teams did not, right? Uh, so we'll finish with these three games here. We'll go Tulane, right? South Alabama. Uh, you have Coastal Carolina, Kansas. And that's a game that I bet two weeks ago because there was minus three Kansas, and I went Kansas on the money line. It'll be interesting to see what the line is. I bet this game a couple weeks ago. I'm like, Kansas Hall of Fame coach against Coastal Carolina. I don't care how good Coastal Carolina is. I don't think they're going to beat um, Les Miles in year number two. And I read up on Les Miles, and he got weights for all his guys from the whole pandemic. And Kansas, again, was one of those states that did not have a lot of restrictions. Then the last game with Apple, so it's a game we cannot bet, but we can break down in high, high detail, which is your Houston Baptist Husky at the Texas Tech Raid Raiders. And it is a crazy line. You're looking at maybe uh, over under, we'll tease it a little bit, over under 80. And uh, uh, Texas Tech <laughs> minus 41 points, which, which will be interesting for me, anyways. Uh, so, you got any thoughts on a game that if you're not a hardcore uh, college football fan like I am and uh, respect the talent, and, uh, they'll be in this football game to win South Alabama. There'll be two or three guys that will play in the NFL. And even if you don't play in the NFL, these are guys that have played football their whole lives and that are dedicated to the game. And it's a lot of fun to watch. So you got Tulane switching out of the wishbone on ESPN2 over under 52 and a half against South Alabama. And even though South Alabama's had a lot go of it, they did beat San Diego State two years in a row. This is the same coaching staff, the same people. And they have pulled up an upset here and there. And even though they have a bad season, early in the season while their guys aren't hurt, uh, they do cover spreads. Now they have, again, one over the, the, the number, right, of um, plus eight. Plus eight in the over-under is 52. That was uh, oh. Tulane plus eight or – yeah, so I would go with South Alabama plus eight. Got it. And then uh, under 53. Now, I did not plan on betting all these games, but now looking at them, I definitely see a pattern, and I definitely see what the bookmakers are doing. Maybe the bookmakers didn't have as much time look at these random games and look at the type of offense and kind of match it to the numbers, right? And you can kind of see what they're thinking. Plus eight means that they think Alabama's going to, South Alabama's going to cover, so they gave themselves an extra point. Now, one thing about handicapping games, it's an art and a science, and 
half of it is seeing who is the better team, who's going to win. Fundamental analysis, who are the coaches? The second half of it is the man and the fact that Vegas, right, the big lie, right? The big lie that Vegas won bets on both sides. Wrong. <laughs> Vegas won bets on one side, the side that's wrong. <laughs> so their job is to trick you into picking the wrong team, right? So Dr. First and I have an advantage that we've picked the right team for many years. So we can smell the winner, right? You can look at something and you can say, hey man, uh, they look like a winner. Hey man, this guy's trying to trick me. This guy's trying to fast talk. Hey, why are you fast talking? Slow down. Let me see what you're saying. You know what I mean? Uh, so I think Vegas is kind of fast talk this into betting Tulane. Because people look at South Alabama Tulane, what's the name they recognize most? Tulane. Oh, I'm going to bet Tulane. Right? I'm sitting at home and I just want to pick favorites and overs, right? So we're going to pick the dog and under. South Alabama plus the eight points uh, under the 53. Because Tulane likes to run a lot and keep things under. I know this because Tulane is in the AAC and you also have plays in the league. In South Alabama is one and uh, I followed them last week, and they're going to be in great spirits, and Tulane hasn't played, right? So no wonder uh, Vegas put a plus eight, right? So again, the biggest improvement a team makes is from the first to second week, South Alabama, they, they've beaten uh, high-end division player uh, teams in the past. They're feeling good about their big win last week. And they're going to improve off that and play a Tulane team who's been in one of the most ravaged cities of COVID-19 in the whole country, New Orleans, right? And had all these players, right? Four players from the South had access to weight rooms, right? Probably not. So look for your South Alabama Jaguars to cover the eight points. And, and uh, Go ahead and put five bucks on the uh, money line on that game. Also, um, if you get to my bookie, obviously put in our promo code, get a hundred percent match. Yes, uh, ESBC is the promo code. Um, you're actually get South Alabama plus ten and a half, and that is current. I did just check it, so uh, go find, uh, go go see our friends over there at my bookie. Use our promo code ESBC, get your money back, um, or get your match, I should say. 100% match your investment. And then, yeah, uh, South Alabama plus 10 and a half. So that's two and a half points higher than wherever Josh is looking. That's a pretty big move. Uh, that's something. If we liked it at plus eight, I'm pretty sure you think – I'm pretty sure you know where we are. Uh, like, maybe other reasons. That's a lot of reasons. Yeah. That was good to me. I'm definitely going to my bookie and I'm placing that bet right after we get out of here. And do you have any thoughts, Dr. First, on Kansas against uh, Coastal Carolina? You know, um, I, I really don't. All, all I do know is that, you know, it, it's for uh, Coastal Carolina, I'll be honest, I, I, they, did, have they made their way up to D1 yet? Or are they still at the kind of – I know they're, if they are not D1, they're, they're a really good oh, FCS school. Right. Well, they're in Conference USA. 
Okay, thank you. Sorry. I know it's been a couple years since I really kind of, I know Old Dominion's up in the bigs now and all stuff like that, but um, it's going to be interesting. Um, only see six and a half points spread, um, which, you know, Kansas, it's Kansas. Don't get me wrong. I, I got to plead ignorance. Um, if I don't really know what conference the team is in, I, I don't think I can really sit here and tell you anything. So this one's all you, Josh. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. No, no, that's fine. No, it's uh, it's probably on me. I I I uh I can't dive too deep into all of these, and it's hard to kind of keep up um, with who, especially when they bring up it seems like two or three teams a year. So yeah, I'm, right. I'm not going to give up any extra clutter. Uh, this is all you. Right. So Coastal Carolina is in the Sun Belt. Okay. Now, uh, you got all these people from the Northeast, Florida, and California moving in to North Carolina. So the population is high. So that means there's going to be a couple, two, three uh, Division I football teams coming back. Now, Coastal Carolina was 5-7 and seven last year. They returned 8 on offense and 6 on defense. They have 109 career starts on the offensive line. Okay? Now, they have Jamie Todwell is the head coach, and he calls the plays. And what's interesting about him is uh, he comes from bloodlines of people that are like David Tepper, the funny that he's in. Uh, he's in Carolina as a Carolina Panthers. So one of the reasons Coastal Carolina is interesting to me is because uh, they were the owners of Ameritrade, right? The South Maryland and got like twenty dollars. So the guy decides to be a uh, uh, college football coach and basically buys his way into the Division I Coastal Carolina. Maybe it's because he plays the bet. That's why the line's like that. But I'm looking at a Hall of Fame coach in West Miles, right, in Kansas. And he said that Kansas had beaten Texas Tech, so now they're going to Texas Tech. The Texas Tech is going to target that. The Texas Tech is going to destroy Kansas. And I'm going to bet that purely on the on the recommendation of Dr. First. But first game of the season, listening to Coach Jeff Scott, right? Talk about Devil Sweeney targeting the first game of the season, making his guys feel good. Uh, that sounds like less minus, right? So I did not take the side. When I saw it at plus three, now it's plus six, right? So I got it like a couple weeks ago. And I got Kansas plus three. So somebody must have been it up to minus six Kansas. Uh, so regardless, I would take the money line Kansas. Right? In that, in that game. Uh, and I wouldn't mess around with the line, right? Because something like Dr. Chris Anderson close to Carolina play. Who knows who these guys are? Maybe Vegas knows know something. This game is going to be a last minute game. Now you're not going to win a lot of money betting the Kansas money line if it's minus six, but it's a safe bet. It's a low risk bet. You're going to bet the same amount on every game we give you, right? You never bet more than 25% of the bankroll, and I would not bet 25% of the bankroll on Kansas because I haven't seen Kansas play. I just know that Les Miles is a good coach. That's all I know, really. All I know is that fundamental analysis and that uh, Les Miles is a good coach and that Coastal Carolina is in 
the sun belt, right? And um, with with this this program, the alumni paid for them to be in the sun. So I would say that maybe they got ahead of 2021. They paid years ago to go I don't know, but. This is the thing about putting a little bit of money on it. I usually bet a thousand dollars a game. How am I gonna bet a thousand dollars? What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna put fifty dollars on the Kansas uh, money. That's what I did. I put fifty bucks on the Kansas money line when it's minus three. And this is gonna pique my attention to watch this game to see why Coastal Carolina, the Chandeliers, they're called. Or no, I'm probably pronouncing their name wrong. Chanticleers. <laughs> Uh, the only reason, the only reason I know that actually, really funny story. I'll be quick with it, but um, I had a friend, and, and she went. She went to the University of Arizona, uh, and the Chanticleers actually beat University of Arizona in the College World Series, and uh, oh, their, their thing is bear down. So I was saying Chanticleer up. Uh, that's the only reason I know that. Um, so anyway, sorry about that. That's the only thing I know about Coastal Carolina. I, I don't know where they're playing football, but I know they're a Chanticleer. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, and they return 109 guys. Maybe that's why they return 109 starts on that offensive line. And believe me, uh, Les Miles is going to run it a million times. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to see what the people love betting over, right? And then you have a lot of people now sitting at home, can't go anywhere, or they don't want to go anywhere. Or they're being chained to go anywhere, or maybe they're afraid to go anywhere. Regardless, there's going to be a lot of people at home who have never seen, or they haven't even looked like we're looking at the Phil Steele, and we're curious why Coastal Carolina is so highly regarded, right? Other than the fact they won the College World Series. Of the <laughs> Absolutely nothing. It was just clutter for a funny little joke. Apologies. Yeah, but they did win the College. I watched the College World yes. Series. Very gym. That's money. This year. Yeah. You know, uh, they did a great job. I know there's a population that's growing there, and they're, they're going against Les Miles and your Kansas Jayhawks, which is the basketball school. But they're getting $30 million a year for football. And, and Kansas uh, is one of those schools that when they go to the 64 uh, Super Conference, they're probably not going to make it, right? The USF or UCF. You can't fit into university and replace them, right? Because uh, Tampa and Orlando are top 20 TV market, while Lawrence, Kansas is not even the top 200 of, for television, right? For advertising. But for now, they're there. And uh, let's look at their offensive line. They return. But it doesn't matter with Les Miles, because Les Miles is an offensive line coach. So regardless, if you have a ham sandwich there, five ham sandwiches is going to have a decent line, especially when you're going against the Coastal Carolina. All right? Yeah, they're only allowed 23 sacks next year. So look for them to get the ball out of the uh, thing quickly, and look for the skate to go under. Uh, the other I have is they don't uh, CBS is the same line for, What does my bookie say on the Coastal Carolina Kansas game? Um, it's six and a half, and uh, 56 is the over under number. You'll get yeah, under. sorry, under under 56. Under 56, and then what was the what was your pick on the game, or do you have one? I would say 
pick the other at this point. And that's it. Yeah. But, and that's the thing, right? That's why you look at it maybe weeks in advance. Uh, actually, I lied. It wasn't two weeks ago. It was three weeks ago that I picked Kansas on the money line minus three because I didn't even trust the minus three. I didn't. I had nothing. I just know that Les Miles is a Hall of Fame. Doesn't mean he's going to win. I usually bet a thousand on a game. I bet uh, fifty bucks. I put dollars on Kansas money line. Just based on reputation and money, uh, that's why we we were better uh, better source of information than Max Kellerman or Stephen A. Smith or Colin Howard or Clay Travis or Kit Bayless because they're not putting money on the games. And they don't have a heightened awareness of it, right? They're not watching the Kansas Coastal Carolina game at all. They're shipping champagne on the beach. <laughs> they don't watch. But, uh, and it's going to be on FS1, man. It's going to be on the legit table. Uh, 7 p.m. tomorrow night, FS1, Coastal Carolina, the Chanticleers or whatever. We're going to keep calling the Chanticleers, right? Seek us off for the rest of my life. And the Kansas Jayhawks. Uh, who knows if I'll be able to watch more than a quarter before, you know, Anna pulls me away. Uh, Lifetime Christmas movies don't start until the third week of October. Uh, so there aren't really, they're not coming out with any new movies. But this will probably save me a little bit. Uh, but still, I'm probably going to end up watching uh, either reruns of The Office or uh, a rerun of a movie we like watching, like uh, Meet the Millers or something like that. But uh, probably won't be able, won't be allowed, because I've been married for 18 years. I'm not going to be allowed to watch more than a quarter. And even though my wife doesn't watch football, she can stand when I'm sitting there watching kids. Because <laughs> I have 50 bucks on the money line. And I'm curious to see. Probably going to get the other two. Under 56. Because one thing I know about Les Miles, he's the Tom Coughlin of college football, where he's just going to run it no matter what. No matter how good his offensive line is, no matter how good his running backs is, uh, Les Miles is going to win that football. The last game is uh, a game that I study in depth. And uh, we'll put this on Twitter tomorrow. It is your Houston Baptist Huskies against Texas Tech. Texas Tech is, uh, we have Ben Ratzlaff, Faith Family Football, one of the most popular podcasts. Uh, he will be in the NFL. And he is starting receiver for your Houston Baptist Huskies, uh, Texas Tech has a great coach, Coach Wells. Uh, coach Sheely and Coach Wells are great friends. I look for them to have a great football game. Uh, pray for everybody to be healthy. Uh, and we don't bet Houston Baptist football games at all. But we do watch the Lions, right? Because they're public and we got what perception is. I think it's, what is my bookie having to do? I didn't, it wasn't listed on my bookie. Okay. So uh, hold on, I'm on Bovada right now. I'm on Bovada right now. Um, I don't have it listed there either. Yeah, so it's going to be listed somewhere. Let me see if I can find it. He's come back. I think uh, Andy saw him there. He was like uh, minus 40. Might be on ESPN. That's in football line. Uh, last week they went over against North Texas. All right. Your runner was 70. 
and both teams move up and down the ball. I think it's going to be different. Bob's going to end up being under. And look for Houston Baptist to cover 40 points. Got any thoughts? You got your first, you got the feast, your first eyes left. Week. Yeah, you know, it was. I think we're football. Here it is, right here. Oh, no. It was last week. Last week it was, uh, let's see here. It was. 23 and a half? 38.5. Oh, no, that's what it is now. So uh, it's on um, Vegas Inside. It's being bet down. Yeah. Oh, somebody bet down. What? He yeah. bet Houston Baptist. It's difficult. Um, obviously, look, it was, yeah, full disclosure, it was the first time ever watching it and or watching uh, Houston Baptist. And because I wrote them into it, I got a trick. He was watching uh, horse racing <laughs> and I snuck in some Houston Baptist football. But it was pretty exciting, wasn't it? It was. And, um, you know, if the referees would have, you know, called the game the way they should have, <laughs> I think it would have been a lot better of a game and we probably. Um, would have seen something different. I don't. I don't know if they were going to win the game, but um, definitely uh, Ben deserved another touchdown, uh, and, and certain other situations. But look, w- when you talk about Houston Baptist Texas Tech, this is the Super Bowl, um, the national championship, the conference championship, all wrapped into one. Obviously, they will play um, one more team. Um, sorry, Josh, who's the other team that Houston Baptist played? Skip Holtz, who's for the USF program. And you have to Houston Baptist because people don't know, they don't understand the big feeling. We did Faith and Family Football. Listen to that podcast. He he was mentored by two college football Hall of Fame coaches. And then he goes against Dennis Erickson and beats him when Dennis Erickson had a, a top 10 team. Remember, Dennis Erickson won multiple national championships in Miami. So he knows how to recruit. Ben Rasslap is going to be in the NFL. Coach Keeley, offensive coordinator, is trained by Mike Leach in Queensberry. Mike Leach is making $7 million a year at Mississippi State. It's funny. Mike Leach is making more money in college than Queensberry as an NFL head coach. That's a scam. But he's making like $3 million a year in Arizona, the chief Bidwell family. Remember, we know a lot about these people because it's fundamental analysis for the governance. So, Houston Baptist is sneaky, man. They, if they execute and get a break or two, right, uh, they're in the game. But for our purposes, uh, even though we don't gamble on Houston Baptist games, uh, if you wanted to, it's you're getting 39 points. It used to be 40, so somebody somebody, somebody laid the lumber on Houston Baptist to get that line to that point. And then uh, the over-under two kind of went down, too, because it was 79, 80 points. Now it's at uh, 74.5. So somebody is putting money on uh, these games. And even though I don't encourage it, unless you watch these teams play, nobody's seen Texas Tech play. This is the first game of the season. But we do know, again, I can't say this enough, because you're going to make money on this uh, fact. Right? You can make up your own opinion, but you cannot make up your own facts. And it is a fact that in college football, the biggest improvement a team makes is from game one to game two. And Houston Baptist is their second game, while Texas Tech is the first game. However, if Dr. First and I 
uh, go one weekend and play basketball. Then the next weekend, we played LeBron James and Michael Jordan. <laughs> it's irrelevant that we practiced the week before, right? So you got to measure that, right? And make a decision which factor uh, you're going to value more, right? So that, that's, that's a good break. Now, Texas Tech's secondary returns three starters, and then the two guys that are transfers are transfers from LSU and another SEC school, two former five stars. So that Texas Tech secondary is very, very, very good. And Houston Baptist is an air raid offense. Uh, but our guy Stearns from Houston Baptist and uh, Ben Raslaff will be able to ha handle them and get separation on them. And the good quarterback is good at looking off the safety and getting it to them. Uh, and take that information what you will. Right? As you make your determination or Really what you should do, our recommendation is to completely stay away from this game and watch it and enjoy it and watch the great athletes run up and down the field on ESPN Plus. That's what we're going to do. And that's good, man. We, and, and we can only do this because the Pac-12 isn't playing, Mountain West is not playing, right? Uh, we broke down every single game on the board. Yeah, pretty much. That's a breakdown, a very relevant game on the board. And if we didn't get to it, it's because it's 100% random. Teams we haven't watched, teams, teams that we know. Well, I think uh, one might have just been missed. Um, Appalachian State, Charlotte, not the biggest thing, but I've always been a big fan of App State. Yeah, they have a great program, right? Mm -hmm. So if you want, we can do that one real quick. Uh, that was not on my. I was just kind of rolling through. It's seventeen for seventeen points for Appalachian State. I thought we were just focused on the big top ten, um, but I do know there are a lot of people who have been talking about. Yeah. So, but you know, App State. We all know what App State is, and they've they've gotten better, um, and are now a big time. Not a big time, excuse me, but really a team that what I finished. I think was second behind Memphis and the best of the rest in terms of the rankings. I think it would have been yeah, uh, them who had snuck in um, if, right. if, if they, if Memphis had, had stumbled. So don't sleep on app state. They are 17 point favorites on Charlotte. Charlotte um, is not a, a very last year, at least, like I said, I haven't been able to go over these two teams and Phil Steele just yet. Um, but definitely going by what you've seen in past years, App State. I just wanted to bring it up because I didn't want any App State. Oh, let's put this. I, 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 I like App State because I was going to do a Sunbelt breakdown. There might be one. Uh, I haven't gotten to this. Something always comes up. I do on three businesses. And every time I go to finish my study on Conference USA, something happens. <laughs> That's a higher priority. However, App State, I highlighted this. I'm very proud of myself for highlighting this. Uh, they have 115 career starts coming back off, off a 13 and 1 team. There you go. And then uh, then you looked at that line, right? Uh, that line is plus 17. It's not plus 18. Plus 18 would say that Vegas thinks the dog's going to come. Plus 17, they're giving themselves a point on a key number for Appalachia State. Remember, Appalachia State is a public team for what Dr. First said. Okay? Uh, again, uh, these teams we're talking about here are very interesting and uh, maybe a blessing from the pandemic, okay? Because 
now we're, we're looking at how many people have moved into the state of Carolina, right? Uh, because of the low personal income of North Carolina. And North Carolina has similar weather to California. So I know living in Florida, uh, it was an intelligence test, right? Whoever moved from Florida to North Carolina, you knew they were smart. <laughs> not staying in Florida and going to the next place like North Carolina. And I do not, I can't go here living in California. I can't go a week without somebody texting me or saying, hey, uh, research North Carolina for me. Maybe I'm going to move there because the state income tax is a third of what it is here in California. And the weather is about the same. Raleigh, that Raleigh, Durham area, it's a high tech area, right? So they're right. Uh, great universities there, beautiful weather. Uh, it's getting more progressive there for some people. So a lot of people love to move to that area. So what that, that means for us is there's a lot of high school age guys who are three, four, five stars who have moved there from Florida and California. And of course, there's always been a pipeline between uh, New York and North Carolina, right? So the other team is what? Charlotte. And we'll finish with Charlotte and they're in Conference USA. So this will help me on the Conference USA breakdown. Now, you always ask yourself, who makes you money? And it's funny, uh, the longest podcast ends up being the most popular one. And I guess it could be soldiers who uh, are on deployment. And look at Charlotte, 76 last year, and they have, let's see here, they have 44 first starts. So let's dial up Appalachian State minus 17 points. And give you the greatest value, the greatest breakdown of all times, pandemic. And, uh, We'll spare you guys. Don't bet Austin P. Pittsburgh. <laughs> Don't bet the Citadel, South Florida, even though you might look at the under there, but I can't bet my own team. All right, there we go. There you go, Dr. First. Every single game on the board, bet them all up and make a lot of money tomorrow. Agreed. Uh, like I said, it's really the first full weekend. I know we had football last weekend. No disrespect to the teams that did play, but uh, to, to get – uh, power five conferences rolling versus power five. Uh, not, you know, the big game, not a, not a massive, uh, any, anything that really jumps out. I, I am really looking forward um, to, let me just see which one it was. Um, really looking forward to shoot. Where'd it go? Um, Louisiana Lafayette and Iowa state. Um, I've been a fan of both of these teams. Uh, Louisiana let last year, Iowa State doing my Big 12 stuff caught my eye. Um, so that's going to be an interesting one. Probably going to be the game that I follow the most. Um, now, obviously, my eyes will be glued to the Florida State-Georgia Tech game because that is the team that I'm covering. Um, but I'll be honest, I don't expect to be um, – maybe not saying I don't expect to be on the edge of my seat because I think it will be a competitive game. I just don't think it will be a – pretty game i think there's going to be yeah. a lot more fun uh in uh, louisiana lafayette and iowa state game but um really excited to fully get into it and uh re you know start making money 
uh, watching football because that's really what we uh, excel at. So it's a really, really good night, and I'm going to hop off. Thank you, Josh. Uh, thank you to everyone listening. Thank you, Jake, And uh, can't wait to uh, get, get back into it all, all over again um, next Friday again. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for, for bearing with me uh, and indulging me, and, and thank you for your patience. But on the money side, uh, it's sometimes it's fortunate. You know, some people say, oh, I wish I, I could unsee that. We got information on all these teams, and what do we do with information? We make money off of it, especially of all time. So, uh, Winston Churchill, that's what we give you free picks. Uh, action sports, we're getting more downloads than action sports now, even though they have a lot more money than us. And the reason is they charge you 300 bucks, we give it for you for free. You don't have to pay action sports $300, just listen to us or read the transcripts online or go to our Twitter feed. We'll give you all the picks there, right? But listening to us, you get the wise, and you make a living from your labor, but you make your life what you give. Thank you for listening to the ESBC Gambling, Embedding, and Financial, Social Justice, whatever you want, podcast. <laughs> Not podcast. First, mental health first aid kit. Thank you for listening. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow. But we'll be back the day after that and the day after that. Yeah. You can keep listening and keep growing the podcast and telling your friends and neighbors and subscribe subscribe to everything we have so you get alerts right so you don't miss a a pick thank you for listening to the ESBC podcast I'm gonna